welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. So this week is chapters 19, 19 through 24, right? Just confirming. Yes. I really books. love these chapters. Uh, yeah, these chapters fucking rule. We're getting into it. And also, Dorna and Ninevis are back. Briefly. Yeah, like They're right, still back. Yes. We'll right it. off the bat. Right off the bat. It's very good. Uh, yep. What a lucky coincidence. Asterix. Oh my god. Asterix. Uh. <laughs> hey, don't you know that person? Oh my god. I do love that, like, one of my favorite moments ever is, like, uh, Talia's like, hey, Dorna. And Dorna is immediately like, I didn't do it. You can't pin it on me. Like, that is her reaction <laughs> to hearing her name called. <laughs> she does so gamble good. a lot, so I imagine <laughs> she the, the, she's worried about people, you know, catching up with her. That's so good. And then, yeah, like, Nunavis and, and Javon kind of hang out and have, like, cool Duke discussions. They're both like, man, it sucks being a woman in power in this empire. Yeah, I, I, I love, like, that conversation because it's you do get, like, the two different peoples, you know, who are in the same position came to it through very different ways. But, like, and, like, how they're both, like, Nunavis is all in. She's like, no, I'm, like, mm-hmm. going to take this seriously. I'm going to try to, like, do the best. And Javon is like, fuck your, uh, fuck all those people. <laughs> fuck core, fuck being any part of that system. Goodbye. Um, and, like, they both make great points. Right. Yeah. To be fair, your is a very different place than Jorat. Yes. Jorat's yes. like, hey, you want to be Duke? We don't really care about your gender because we have a different concept of gender altogether. And Yor is like, you have a vagina. <laughs> We're gonna eat your face. Yeah. <laughs> if if we don't literally throw you off a mountain to die, you'll be one of forty seven wives of a man. Like enjoy. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, that's like the deal. So yeah. I get it. I hear it. The Javon chapters that we get in this episode that we're discussing are not great for Javon. Javon gets real problematic in the bedroom. They do not paint Javon in a great light at all. Which I mean, we knew this is part of this is part of this this book of like showing these characters' flaws. Mm -hmm. And and for the most part, like I think we. We have glossed over some of the darker aspects of Javon because, like, we're like, we love her so much. But, like, being in her head is something we haven't actually done as much. And especially, mm. like, being in her head when she's, like, thinking all these, like, dark, angry thoughts. And and also, like, you know, punishing herself for being in love with Talia, who is just, like, a little sweetie pie all the time. It's, yeah. It's a little, yeah. like, self-flagellating. But also punching, uh, punishing Talia for yeah. her own low self-esteem of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, Talia is too good for me. Oh my God. And now, yeah. now I'm going to test her to make sure yeah. that she's not too good right. to keep Fuck herself safe. I got to make sure she doesn't love me too much. 
Yeah, and I do appreciate that, like, everybody basically called her out on that. Like, Talia, in the actual, like, memory, you know, in the scene, Mm -hmm. calls her out. And then everybody who experienced that memory also was like, what the fuck? I love Kalindra's line of, like, if you're gonna remember sex, can you at least make it good sex? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah, that scene was very... Sad and upsetting. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was sad. Very sad. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, I found it less upsetting than some, just because like, Siobhan has a a minimum threshold of understanding of what she's doing, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe that's more or less realistic because like sometimes I do or have done weird, fucked up shit, and then like. Five years of therapy later, I'm like, oh, it was about my family. Or like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, obviously. So it does help contextualize it in the moment for her to be like, I need to prove this. And like, it's not just her being a massively bad person. Yeah. yeah. Although she does in these chapters that we're going to get do worse things than this. Yeah. Or does things that lead to worse consequences. Also, before we forget, and this is not even relevant, but I totally forgot that Dorna was an angel of Taya. I thought she was totally an angel of Galava. Yeah, me too. It is weird that, like, I, I think she's, I think that was basically just because she was looking after Janelle. And so Taya yeah. was like, what up? Hey. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's actually, it's really sad when Dorna finds, finds out about Galava dying. Like, Yeah, that she, is... Yeah, and I, like, I didn't realize that the Festival of the Turning Leaves was, like, a Jorat-specific thing, but it, it makes sense based on their gender ideas. And yeah, mm-hmm. like, she is heartbroken. Like, mm-hmm. understandably so. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, readers, you should highlight this, because it is foreshadowing. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't even realize it's the same chapter where I thought because it's so many like two different large events for Javon and Talia. Yeah. The what happens at the end of this chapter is, you know, the other big event where Javon visits uh, Lady Talis. It does not go well. No. For anybody. Yeah. I do think Jen Lyons planted the uh, last name of Talia here. That mm-hmm. she's Talia Fernandez. It's so sad that she doesn't know her own last name. Right. It is I, really sad. I do wonder if she did that for like future plans with Talia for after the series. Because it seems like, why would she, it's sad, but why would she need to know her last name? Oh. Yeah, it feels like one of those threads that might might have been a thing. Oh, I don't know. No. It's also possible that I forgot stuff, so... Yeah. No, I just figured it out. She plants the last name here. So when, um, in these same chapters later on, Senere uses the name of all things to uh, ask questions about Talia... And having the last name, there's probably other people named Talia. Oh, 
That might help you. So it lets it zoom in. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That makes it might be a specific questions. But yeah, we find out, you know, Lady Detalis is a god king. And she knows how to use the Stone of Shackles. Yeah. And we get a lot of... The, it, it was interesting, like, how she revealed herself. Like, she actually, like, she, like, she got so flustered, right? Like, because, like, Sinchevon is like, I want to kill Sulis. I want to kill Sulis. And, uh, and Losorl is like, no, I'm going to kill that bitch. Like, <laughs> she's my mother. Anyone's going to kill my mother. It's Yeah. <laughs> and then that's, like just this huge like reverberating oh shit moment because like not only like yeah. are we talking to a god king you know we're talking to Sulis's daughter yeah somebody who knows how to use the stone of shackles somebody who uh like is perfectly comfortable geishing Javon and Talia and then just being like okay bye like uh and yeah. uh Shaloran didn't know oh my god that bit is so heartbreaking <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. It's also interesting how first it's Talia after Javon does that horrible thing in the bedroom where Talia is like explaining to Javon, you were never going to save your family. It was never going to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Lady Detalis is like, I don't think you're strong enough to take on Sulis, especially now that she's a demon. So yeah. there's no way uh, I'm selling this to you. Yeah, what did she say? She's like, giving it to you is as good as giving it to Sulis. Yeah. Yeah, and Talia repeats that later yeah. on. She's when honestly true. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do they even have Arthamriel right now? Nope. They do no, not. Yeah, so like... Talia also points that out. Yeah, to okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where she's very... In the later chapters where... She's upset what uh, what Javon does in this chapter, which is basically offer up all of the spurned right. for to get the stone of shackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have yeah they have a conversation later where like Tully is basically like, oh, so you're my owner now, so I'm a slave again to you. Right. Like yeah, it, Javon's like single mindedness really kind of comes out in these chapters in a way that we hadn't. So we had seen, but not, like, as uh, brutal as she was kind of willing to be. Like, with, yeah, like, selling the spurned and and all that. And uh, it's uh, and it does not go well for her in a kind of satisfying way, honestly. Because I'm like, no, actually, you can't do that shit and, yep. and yeah. get away with it. And as a result of that single-mindedness, both her and Talia get gauged, which, is, as we can tell yeah. from the previous books and even just the cone chapter that we're going to discuss geishing is a traumatic event mm-hmm. and ta- that wouldn't have happened to talia if not for yeah. javon yeah she was only there to be with javon yeah and she and loses, it- loses her lucky coin or she, she loses it Quotation fingers. Yes. Yes, especially considering they're not geished now. Which is like, how does that happen? Hmm. Well, we know that Talia isn't. That's true. I don't know if the, we checked. Siobhan's too afraid to check. Right. That's which is saying. interesting, like, an interesting detail, like, that'll get straightened out shortly, yeah. but Siobhan is 
like very brave physically and very indifferent to her own suffering. Like Javon is like a pyrrhic victory in a person. <laughs> she doesn't care what happens to anyone or anything as long as she accomplishes her goal. Yeah. But she is kind of emotionally like a bit of a coward and yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then like that physical side starts like changing too. Like she smells mm-hmm. food. She eats a bowl of soup. Like this <laughs> it's a great like Talia they're they're in the lighthouse and like Talia comes in to like bitch her out on you know, very understandably, and it's just like stop dead. She's like, Did you just see a bowl of soup? <laughs> it was very funny it was moment. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's still like Shvan's still a good character. You're still like kind of rooting for her, but it's pretty depressing to see like how it's dark. much she is also turning into Zulus. Just yeah, totally like yeah. betraying the family that she created to do what exactly to get vengeance. Like she yeah. just and in these few is... chapters, she's more like Zulus than anybody else. Yeah, totally. And her <laughs> turning into Zulus would please Zulus to no end. Mm, yeah, she would love for that to yeah. happen. Absolutely. Oh, we do get confirmation that uh, Chernobog is oh is dead is dead. Yes, Chernobog. Chernobog. Yeah. I don't. I think Chernobog. Chernobog. Oh, Chernobog. But it's based on Chernobog. Oh God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Chernobog's dead. R.I.P. In case anybody was wondering, he didn't even get to like restore to being human. Yes. Like, well, he was like a bear cub. Yeah. I think she just blew him up when she blew up uh, the palace in Yor, basically. Which, understandable, Which, he I mean, didn't vent Gaishing. He was terrible, too. Yeah, yeah I you know, like, In this case, Sulis was in the right for that one. Cause... Yeah, a stopped clock twice a day. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. He didn't vent Gaishing just for her. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, kind of kind of interesting how Lasorel ever survived that childhood. Truly. Right. I guess, like, that's why you uh, try to find uh, a way to become so fucking powerful that you can theoretically destroy your parents. Right. And the Stone of Shackles prevents Sulis from going after her. Yeah. But I guess, I guess that's the theme of this week's chapters, which is become so powerful... That no one can do anything to you. I mean, Siobhan does a bad job. Yeah. Senere is mm, trying to get there. Mm-hmm. And so is Shaloran. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the, like, the, the like weirdly sad parts about Shaloran finding out about her mom being a god king is because, like, she, you know, she's like, me and Galen have been trying for so long to fix Carr. And she's been here all this time. She has all this power. And she never, like, even tried. And like, yeah. and we don't know that that Callas didn't try, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's so she she's like extra pissed because she's like, oh cool, my mother is not only part of the problem, she is like an incredibly powerful being who is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. and she also talks about how the perception of women using magic in mm. core is because right. of Callas. And I'll just say, while that is technically true, 
I'm pretty sure all the myths around Callus were made up by men in power yeah. and not because yeah. of actual things Callus did. Yeah. And so, that is extremely fair. Yeah. And like, you know, calls back to the chapter where she was talking to Quone. She's like, uh, no, Callus is the goddess of love, but the mm-hmm. royal houses have no use for love, but sex you can sell. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's a good yeah, uh, callback. Probably a, a little bit of both, right? Like, it's, you know, she she had to pivot to, like, keep her power, and uh, it's easy to pivot when men want to, uh, you know, put women down in that way. Yeah. But Shalorin does have a good... Oh, yeah, you already said this, that that Callus had this many years to yeah. change core and didn't... Yeah, very much, very much, you know, the patron god of the Greeks was Athena, but women weren't allowed to fight. Right, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Depressing all around. <laughs> and made worse by people's poor choices. Yeah. You know, it's not depressing how in the in the lighthouse sections of these chapters, Talon is like the MVP of so like, good. Like she's the one that keeps everyone in check when they start to go off like where descent is starting to rain down on the, she, because of the information that we learn. She and, makes her hand into a fish at one point and slaps <laughs> Javon with it. Yeah. It's no. fan-fucking-tastic. No, she makes her arm into a tentacle, and the end of the tentacle has a fish okay. on it. <laughs> which is even better. So good. So good. And you know what? I need it, artwork of that. It does a great <laughs> job of shutting everybody up. Yeah, if I which, got slapped with a fish. Yeah. If, uh, I guess having eaten so many nice, good people is starting to take its toll, so. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Talon can literally embody, like, every Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I like the idea of a live-action series, and then there's Talon, who's just the flailing Kermit meme. <laughs> just Everybody's, like, human, but Talon is the one Muppet in the movie. Yeah. Like, you, you know the meme of, you know, like, make a movie yeah. where you replace everybody with Muppets except for one human. This is the opposite. Oh, yeah. Town is the one Muppet in the... Okay, okay. My, my I will say my, my counterpoint to that is, what if everybody is a Muppet except Thermashar? That's very funny. That's already that what's happening. That would also be really good. That is exactly what the books are. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. That is basically what has already happened. So yeah, the lighthouse, Talon's keeping everybody okay for the most part. Although, hard to say whether it's better or worse to find out in the last chapter that Kalindra's like, oh, my husband knew all along that I was a spy. Yeah, right. Like, I think that would be honestly a little bit more devastating. I don't know. That wouldn't be the memory I would choose to pick someone up. Yeah, like devastating because like, oh, he knew the whole time and he never mentioned it. And he's also still dead and a demon. And now we like can't right. talk about that. Like right. we can't resolve that. Or just like he was so much better than I'll ever be. Just twist that knife a little bit. It Thanks. was very nice to get some Sandus and Jareth. Cause yeah. like we really get very little Didn't. of them throughout the whole series. Yeah. And uh, Sandus in particular, we get almost none of, and he's like a pretty interesting guy. Uh, it's like pretty chill. Yeah. 
he still dresses like in commoner's clothes, even though he's emperor. I like the idea that he's played by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> just kind of shows up. He's very calm. It's very nice. Yeah, it's just like, it's hey, just man, there. thought you'd like to know. <laughs> All right. See ya. It's, it's probably fine. She's probably not here to kill you. She's probably just here to keep an eye on you. Right. And if you get rid of her, we'll just send someone else. So, you know, if you like her. I do think the minute that if he told if he told Kalindra that he knew, then he would be like, all right, you got to kill him. Sorry, it's got, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. And like, she wouldn't be able to say no, is what we've learned yeah. too, which is fucked. But yeah. I do like that Javon tries to challenge Senorei on who had the most traumatic past. <laughs> and Senorei is like, you no, do yeah. not want to go there. Bitch, don't even. <laughs> like, just, just stop now, because I'm telling you, this is not a contest, but if it was, I would win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, she spins it around, too, where she was like, I know how, like, much you think bloody revenge can feel good and i'm here to tell you it doesn't it doesn't help oh yeah because like i think javon says something was like oh i won't be lectured by a mass murderer and she's like this is why you should let me lecture you on this (laughs) in fact the opposite of that (laughs) and even in the first javon chapter we got senere tried to warn her about this path of revenge Yeah, they're they're not enemies. They never have been. She, the first time around, she went to Rello's bar and was like, "Hey, can I borrow that sweet sword?" And he was like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, <laughs> like she bur- She was the one who burned that bridge. Like nobody else. It wasn't like she ran out of favors. So, and as a result, even though they're together in the lighthouse now. Talia basically leaves Javon in the, I don't remember if, no, the final chapter of this episode is the Jav chapter, mm-hmm. but the one before that, Talia leaves Javon and it sucks because yeah. Javon is like, I knew this was going to happen and I'm like, you made it happen. Right? It- yes. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I think... Corin Milligrees would have something to say about that. <laughs> oh my god, I keep meaning to tell you guys. I like constantly around the house now just keep saying, like, as it was foretold, like every time something little happens, or like when I finish my, my drink. drink is empty and, like, as it was foretold. Yeah, and like Brad gets it to a certain degree because it's like a one-dimensional joke, but like I'm just like no, we, it's great. I've, yeah, we our conversations have just incepted that into my brain now. Okay, when we, the last episode of Discord of Discord of when we do Discord of Gods, we have to say this series is over as was foretold. We have to. And then I just play the X Files music on the way out. <laughs> Should that be our sign off? The episode is over as it was foretold. That's it what I said uh, when we. When we got to those chapters, when we did Ruin of Kings, and when I just sort of forgot oh, after shit. that. That was good. I apologize for not remembering that more. Uh, <laughs> this episode is over, as was, as was foretold. <laughs> well, as it only took mm, three and a half books. <laughs> We're doing great. We're, We're good. You know, We're good. We're great. doing great. Everything's sweetie. great.
Speaking of good, I absolutely loved these cone <gasps> kiss, 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 <laughs> The whole time I was just screaming at my book, make out. Yeah, that's how pro- I felt about yeah. all the Kieran terrain. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Janelle, yeah, we're very. I was just like, oh my god, this book. Stop. Yeah. I mean, true, but there is like complication or complex interactions involved with these chapters where, you know, Cone has been transformed by Lady Detalis, but he has not the eyes of, I don't remember who has yellow, uh, but... Yeah. Uh, his, the entertainer people. But he now has the eyes of... Um, the Aaron Way, I think, which is think the so. Yeah. Yes, it the is House to Aaron Way. The slave keepers, the slaver's house. Oh, you know, it's a bummer. The the people that gauge people. And it's so funny, not funny, but I guess ironic that Cone can't figure out why he can't like get control of him of his emotions, which he says, Oh, I'm Cone, this is what I do. You know, I'm the calm one. I get control over my emotions. But he's upset because he's he's traumatized from being gauged. And he really and, hasn't had like any time to confront that at all. Because he basically just got like it lost his gauge and then got picked up by Relisvar and then dropped off with Galen and Shorn. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's interesting. Obviously, there's no way for Galen to know that Cone was gauged, but he's the one that makes the decision to uh, have Cone's eyes be orange instead of yellow. And it is sort of interesting how, you know, he, even though he's a, a nice boy, he's still part of the noble houses. And he, so in his mind, oh, no, this is just a logical thing for us to accomplish our goal is you having orange eyes and the he doesn't like see where anyone would have a problem with it even though he has good intentions and the this chapter with cone the galen and cone interaction is sort of very tense even though like there is a like a slight bit of flirting in there but um you know, it's just sort of like argumentative, not like they're going to fight each other, but just like Galen's like, you need to get that stick out of your ass. And yeah, like, like, I like my stick. <laughs> like for Galen, this is politics, but for Cone, it's right. personal. And like, yeah, again, there's no way that for Galen to really know that. Although he does like drop, oh, I was pr- imprisoned in Yore for several years and I met Darzen. Uh, he sucked. R.I.P. Not... <laughs> Um, so like he definitely like he he drops little bits that should indicate like oh this this person has been through some trauma uh but yeah. but I mean I and as somebody who's also like had a horrible life maybe Galen doesn't pick up on that stuff in the same way too it's quite possible right like he has this it's like oh or he thinks it's normal yeah, to yeah. have yeah. trauma yeah or he's just like yeah of course you hate the color of your eyes don't we they all? match your father's 
We did get the return of someone who is still alive. Oh my Merit. god. <laughs> if listeners, if you don't remember, Merritt was part of the gang that didn't like Kieran. I don't remember who the main guy was, but Merritt eventually um who we first met in, in Butterbelly's shop. Right. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. But he was imprisoned along with Star and Kieran set them both free with him using Merit as like a way to keep an eye on the lower circle. And then in the next chapter, Kieran explains that, oh, Merit always wanted to do the right thing, but because of their upbringing, he had Kieran had to use threats in order to get him to do that is like sort of like giving him an excuse to do mm-hmm. the right thing which i thought was nice and then kieran's like the one time kieran is like happy um like with these memories yeah is finding out that merit is uh still alive and volcaroth is like cute. wait what yeah it's always it's always fun to go back to like y- you end up in a god tier D&D campaign by accident and you're like, oh yeah, my old gang. <laughs> Such great memories. Yes. Compared but, uh, to all the horrible memories. Back to the Shattered uh, Veil. The trio. I, I, like, what would we call They're like the second trio. Yeah. So, Karen, Janelle, and Teresa are the first definitely. trio. And this is like the second trio. Yeah. I do love that Shaloran is absolutely shipping Galen and Quone. Like she is like <laughs> not even hiding it. She's, she knows. Yeah, she's just like chatting yeah. with Galen and she's like, so he's exactly your type and he read your poetry. <laughs> I love that she's like, listen, I may like flowers, but I recognize a good sword when I see it. <laughs> but they also completely underestimate Cone. Yeah. Where they're like, what are we going to use him for? Like, I, mean, they, I don't know. Like, yeah. you're obviously keeping around because you like him, not yeah. because he's useful. And then he drops, like, oh, I have a cornerstone. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he's a cornerstone like, that, like, so he had all of his stuff changed. Like, he woke up in totally different clothes, and the cornerstone has a different, like, metalsmithed necklace. Yeah. So Kayla saw it. And knew what it was, yeah. for sure, and was like, huh, that's interesting, okay, keep yeah, it, whatever. I got mine, so... Yeah, don't need yours, which is yeah. very... I mean, it kind of speaks well to her, but also is crazy. Yeah. A person with a cornerstone can't use a second cornerstone. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure I think that, is that funny, yeah. a person with a cornerstone can't take someone else's cornerstone also. So she I might have saw, saw that, told the servants to put it on a Maybe, chain... Yeah. Or, or she, again, she also, she needs Cone to protect Shalorin, too. And so that is yeah. a very powerful tool to protect Shalorin. Right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she also could have just been like, hey, husband, who I like, take this. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I always forget that you can cast magic through World Hearth, like, probably because Cone doesn't really use it offensively that much. Yeah. But yeah, like, when he was like, uh, yeah, I can alter the, like, slave trading books from here and even i was like can he and then we get a great callback to book two where he did it before yes 
specifically oh, and it's referenced in Javon's chapters. Right. Yeah. Yes. That was yeah. That was a great little setup where like Javon goes to see Lasorol and uh, yeah. I think yeah. Lasorol. Lasorol's like, did you steal this armor that's worth more than a country? And Javon's like, no. It's like I genuinely. Like, okay. Well, it went to your. I'm like, that's weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the the follow through in the later chapters where Cone is like, oh, I did that. <laughs> yeah, and, they're lo- and I'll and do like, it again. I just imagine their jaw is like dropping. Yeah, like <laughs> just like progressively getting lower as he like explains, like, no, I can do this. I have a cornerstone. I can Ocean's Eleven this shit like from <laughs> my bed in this brothel. Oh, and by the way, your forgery stinks. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think it kind of ends on them being like, "Never mind, you are useful." <laughs> yeah, this is. Go ahead. Uh, you go ahead. This is like they spend the entire like instead of making out, they spend the entire time arguing about like at least Kieran and Charith and Janelle are arguing about like the slightly boneheaded choices that Kieran makes. <laughs> But this, like, they're just arguing points of philosophy. Like, yeah. Cone misunderstands that the Shattered Veil Club does not employ slaves. Mm. And, like, you know, people have the capacity to consent to sex work. Versus, like, Galen is just totally misunderstanding who and what Cone is yeah. and is capable of. Yes. Oh, that's why I think these chapters are so good. Because we go from, you know, Galen showing his privilege with the whole deal with Cone's eyes to Cone not understanding that sex work is work. Mm. Like, and he's, he's, they're both not perfect, is, yeah. and we get it in like quick succession. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Galen does drop very, inf- like, interesting information that when, you know, the noble houses go to war, um, the winner will sell staff and anybody related to who used to be the head of the noble houses into because Cone keeps asking why like why are you doing this Mm -hmm. and then Galen explains like oh my aunts are going to sell all the Daman staff and people who are innocent into slavery and Cone's like but they're innocent why would they do this and Cone does not fully understand how evil the noble houses are. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter that they're innocent. The noble houses will just say that they're guilty, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the chapters definitely have a lot of good information. I just find them personally frustrating. <laughs> yeah, because you just want them to kiss yes. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the the other three, Kieran starts these chapters by yeeting himself out a window, which is <laughs> peak Kieran. Yeah, especially after Janelle and Terath explain their beef with what his decisions were, and then he just sort of does it again. Yeah, and then like they catch up with him, and they're like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> we just talked about this." Oh, I do like that. Uh, in that conversation, though, Kieran, like, calls Janelle out on, like, Idora Dudaje stuff. Yeah. Where he's like, you're standing up to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. 
Oh, yeah. Also, we get uh, a reminder that Sa'eric is actually a nickname for Solon. I Eric, see you, which is not Lions. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. What, are you, what do you mean? Like, Solon. I think he's the son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, I don't remember what, is Revark the full name or is that short for some? I think it is. I've never, I don't so. remember seeing anything longer. Oh, it's Reves, I think. That's just the Voris or is one, that the, though, right? Okay, okay. So yeah, I think it's just Rev. Revark, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Janelle is Bregernat. Oh yeah. I did the math, the math on this after Ooh. I read this chapter. Okay. So... <laughs> Kieran and Janelle have sex. Then they get breaking up. They got broken out of that prison in the last book. Then there are two. They, they you know go to bed. So that's one night, and then two weeks before the, you know that trial. I forget what it was called in the last book. And then you know the the rest of the events of the book, which are about like two days. And then there are 24 days from the end of the events at the uh, Well of Spirals to modern day. Okay. But the important point is um, the part after they have sex, um, when Sulis has um, possession of Janelle and then stabs her stomach, Mm-hmm. So Janelle doesn't leave her body. That was, I think that was about two weeks. Okay, interesting. Because so I think yeah, it was the pretty, night pretty before yeah. the actual trial. Yeah, because they're in the middle of the trial, and Janelle shows up with the wound, and like the guards behind her being like, "Oh, they just she just killed the king." But it was actually Sulis. Mm-hmm. So how much time is that altogether? Like a little bit, like two months-ish. Two-ish? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she, yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, like, oh, was there en- enough time for her to be pregnant when Sulis stabbed her? And yeah, there was. Oh, yeah. And like... Uh, I feel like Janelle is the kind of person that is like magically connected to her body enough that she probably knew like almost right away, like that she was pregnant or like or soon. Like, like if you're expecting your period the, the next yeah. week and you're like, huh? Timing timing could also be yeah. Factor. Well, and then Kieran yeah remembers back how Talia said that she like Talia gave him like a wink, and at the time he thought that meant no pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Taja. Taja, Taja. sorry, yeah, Taja. Taja, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Taja. Taja's great. R.I.P. For real. Uh, I do also like a bit in chapter 22 where Kieran kind of like, he he sort of like talks into the camera about how there's been like three large books written about him and like what that's like. Yeah, with, and they're all, and that are written by. A mimic and two wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Also, how the fuck did Janelle not know that Kieran was on a slave ship? Like, how does that not come up at some point? 
they actually haven't spent that much time together. I guess, yeah. We did also establish last book that Janelle did not read the first right. book. Yeah. You know, the manuscript that Thervishar made and gave to Tyanso, and apparently there are copies around. Yeah, because Talia has read all the books. Mm-hmm. And and I assume Tyanso has also read. Actually, no, Tyanso might not have the name of all things, because Senere gave that to Relisvar. I don't know, yeah. but then I don't know how... Anyways, whatever. Well, the important thing is that... Now books are irrelevant because they're in an empty city with nothing in it except a couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the couch uh, thing is pretty cute, actually. Yeah, it's, a good, we get... it's a good hook into what exactly is happening in there. So, yeah, I like it. We get another reference to uh, Kieran's time as being Rook with a yeah. reference to Mouse. First there was Merit, and now a Mouse reference who, like, we don't know much about. Pretty much except nothing, that she. Yeah. Had this couch in an alley. And he loved it. And he loved it. Yeah, this is his little his hangout spot. I do wonder how many, like... Because we could say that Kieran is a pretty good thief and con man at this point. I wonder how many jobs he has done. Like, I would love a novella of, like, Kieran's time as being Rook. Yeah. Be yeah. cool if too, like, because you could you could all like end it with him like going to the house at the beginning of the Rune of Kings, like mm-hmm. getting the tip off and everything. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd That's be a good fun point. like anthology mini mini thing or something. Yeah, you could have it from uh, Taja's perspective too. He walks up to the house and she's just like, hey, 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 hey <laughs> and rubs her hands together. Oh, it's like I knew it. And- isn't there another god that says he would visit? I forget which one. Oh, but one of the other gods said was it Argus or something. I think it, it was might one of the Argus. dude gods. Yeah, where he would visit Kieran yeah. all the time, and the other gods disparage him. It was like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Argus. I love how the gods that the people choose to worship and then the gods that are directly involved in their lives are totally different. Yeah. Like, Janelle is Taya's daughter, has no interest in magic. <laughs> yeah, worships Corrin. Yeah. Worships Corrin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Dorna, Angel of Taya, but uh, 100% on Team Galava. Yep. Has one spell. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Useful one. But... Yes. Yes. There's a great line where Janelle is ex- talking, they're talking about the pregnancy and Janelle's like, it's weird because my last life I was pregnant with your kid pointing to Thraith <laughs> and now I'm pregnant with your kid and pointing to Tyrion and Thraith goes, eh, it's his turn. <laughs> I know, right? It's a little it's like, uncomfortable, oh, but boy. you know, whatever works for yeah, you. Yeah, you know, you gotta find the silver linings when everything's all fucked up. I I am not in a throuple. I don't understand how yeah. they work. Sounds for exhausting, them. to be honest. It, oh my god, so tiring. Yeah, I can't even man- like managing my own emotional state. Seems like <laughs> sometimes I don't want to do it. Right. Sometimes I'm just like, no bed. Yeah. But well, now they're also managing the emotional state of a of a really cranky like death toddler demon god. Yeah. Yeah, it's some eating 
planet killer. I do think one of the most, like, these chapters where they're talking about the pregnancy has, like, one of the most important parts of the book where Kieran is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be dad, but, you know, this is not going to happen. Like, I'm going to, even if we figure this out, I have to go through the, you know, the big the big demon hole and save the world. Mm -hmm. And... Janelle and Teresa are explaining to him is like, one, where in your mind does it like doing exactly what Relos Var plans is the good idea? And two, you're or by by already deciding what the end is that you're not gonna make it. Hold on, I think I have it highlighted. The surest way to suffer defeat in a battle is to walk into one planning not to win. You've already taken your loss as granted, which is nothing more than guarantee that result. That is unacceptable. And then Taraf says, you're really going to just sit there and tell us that Relosvar's plan is the only one that can work? And then further on, Janelle adds, winning, in case you're curious, means you're still around to enjoy it afterward. It does not mean you have sacrificed yourself to save the world. We're going to find another way. You're smarter than this. We are smarter than this. Hell yeah. They're Which is a great not... point. Thermoshar <laughs> 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 is. Yeah, I, I do think this, this is like, it's a really good like turning point in the story of this book where like, mm. Kieran gets out of this like, I must self-sacrifice thing, which is like, so him. And they're like, no, you fucking idiot. Like, let's work on this <laughs> together. Like, but it's not all written in stone. But Thurishar does not figure out the solution. It is Janelle that figures out the solution. Which I think there are some hints at in these chapters. Because they figure out, they're trying to figure out where they are. Are they in, in Valkorov's mind or upper soul? And like, oh, if we're in our in his mind, uh, that means that the Valkaroth that we keep interacting with is a projection. And I think, you know, those are sort of hints at maybe it's not Valkaroth that's the projection. Maybe mm -hmm. it's someone else, you know, in this mind palace that is the projection. And that is a very good line where she's like, how do you fight? Like we're not we're not supposed to be fighting yeah. a guy who's not yeah. listening. We're supposed to be fighting a city. So how do you fight a city? And the answer oh, yeah. is great too. Like you don't, you occupy it. Yeah. Yeah. With couch makeouts. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander the Great once said, "Make out on your couches. Yes. That's how you get an empire." So after that chapter. And they go back and they're talking about the Cones, uh, Galen, Shaloran chapters in the lighthouse. Um, they're like, why they're asking why you're doing this when you're already like a noble house, like, and Shaloran has, and you know, this, I feel like this is Jen Lyons sort of like making. A mo like an our time political statement with this where Shaloran's like um, 
That's because you're not paying attention, which is frankly a huge disappointment given your background and training talking to uh, Kalindra. An underground organization has resources, connections, all the right watchmen on, on the payroll, secret routes into and out of the city, even trained sorcerers and teachers. If such an organization is seen as less of a threat than the royal houses and guilds, they even have loyalty. Think of what you could do with that. And then Javon is like, to what end? And it does like point a like the difference between the older people in this room and the younger people in this room, where Shalorn responds, uh, to provide the civic services the government is failing to offer, obviously, as well as maintain a system for smuggling escaped slaves out of the city, destabilizing the power structures of oppositional organizations, and eventually forcing the High Council to open voice nominations to the general population. The fact that it will also have the effect of making us ridiculously rich is just a bonus. It was a 10-year plan. And then they like they go on to talk about how all the older people are like, yeah, it's going to take forever to change core. And mm -hmm. the younger people are like, that's because you don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas they're like, actually, we can do it in 10. Right. Like, they're actually taking action while all the older people are like, oh, you know, we've lived such and such many years and we see that it doesn't change. So And even Senere in the footnotes, she's like, I have the magic rock that answers questions and even I didn't think you could do it in that time. And I think it's like, she's still skeptical, but she's also like mm -hmm. impressed at, you know, their planning and their kind of like, like go get it-ness on it. Yeah, I remember taking a statistics course and my statistics professor being like, this is a good thing to learn, but if you uh, try to apply statistics to every decision you make in life, you will make no decisions because everything, every statistic tells you basically that you're going to fail. So why would you ever do anything? Like you, you can't, and I feel like that's what sort of the differences between the trio, the second trio and everybody else in the room mm -hmm. where they all think, Oh, like core is not going to change. So we're not going to, you know, Why do try? anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly a woman is emperor. What? Yeah. And that happened in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wise, wise words to end on, I think. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. If you don't try, it's definitely not going to change. Yeah, yeah. The secret it's ingredient like... is trying. Also, not mass murder. Well, Center yeah. H Act doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know, try a gang of thieves and, you know, sneaking people out of the city. Seems better than mass murder. I find that our episodes are getting shorter as we mm -hmm. are closer to the end because we aren't theorizing as much anymore. <laughs> These are also fairly short chapters. I they are. Like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's, are... it's short book. Like, I think it might be the shortest of the five. I think it is. It's 60 chapters. Like, and they're not, some of them are long, but they're not like crazy long. Yeah. They're like... Yeah, this book only clocks in at like 500-ish pages. 
Steph, what are you reading? Ooh, that's a good question. What am I reading? I didn't do like any reading this week, so I guess I'm on. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been reading actually a ton of um, Some Desperate Glory by Emily Tesh, and it is very good, and I'm really enjoying it so far. So I'm excited for us to cover it. I think it's actually probably out by now. I think it was in April. Yep, as of Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, not that anybody's going to hear this for like another <laughs> <No>. <laughs> eight months, but um, you'll probably have heard about it on the Bookling episode before this. Uh, but it is really good. Like I know we, you know, we read a lot of books and we we talk a lot about books that grab you right away, and this is a book that grabbed me right away. Yeah, I also started it. It's very good so far. Yeah. So I have not started it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got a bit of a hiatus coming up. It's not super long, and like I think once you get into it, you'll be into it too. So yeah, Josh, what are you reading? I have to be honest. A lot of the twenty twenty three books have not grabbed me Same. in particular, and the one I was looking forward to in the early part of the year, I didn't particularly like the direction it was going. I'm not going to mention it, but what I'm reading. Speaking of books that grabbed me like right away. I dropped all my other books to read uh, The Goblin Emperor by Catherine yeah. uh, Addison. Um, it's great. It's like right away hooked me. I like how they use goblin and elves in it. It's just like sort of like goblins are of a darker shade and skin color to elves in the book. And the book is very much like, this is about racism without like beating you over the head with it. And also like, I feel so bad for uh, Maya, who is the the main character, because it sounds like being an emperor is just like horrible. It sounds so stressful. <laughs> and like, there's no like big like, well, so far I'm like on chapter 18 or 19. So far, there's no big, like, overarching plot. Although the, the new emperor has to solve this issue. It's more like, he, here's a new emperor trying to figure out these new politics now that he's emperor and how to navigate this world. And it sounds so stressful. <laughs> but it's a great read. Nice. I'm addicted to it. Nice. Christina, what are you reading? I am trying to divide my time between Some Desperate Glory by Emily Tesh. And I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but I also am finishing up Chlorine, which is a book about a uh, swimmer, uh, like a competitive swimmer who um, goes to some drastic lengths to try to win, win, but also just like, like reconcile herself to the world like it is rough to be a teenager in america just it just sucks so yeah. it's very good but yeah and you can find me at oh girl josh you can find me at four or five wits on twitter and twitch and other places i guess what about you steph you can find me at Steph O. Kingston on, I think, pretty much all the various places. And you can follow the book cast at No Page Podcast. No Page Podcast. Hell yeah. 
The episode is over, as, as was foretold. <laughs> I don't know. I still also like books. Books is books. pretty good, too. We can do both. <laughs> we can do. Books is good for the non-Course uh, of Dragons episodes, too. That's true. No, I'm going to keep doing it. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. You can now find us on Blue Sky at No Page Unturned. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and our cover art is by Mango You Art. 